Welcome to the first podcast episode in our new series, Inspiring Leadership Lessons of Top Athletes. Our first guest in the series shares with us from the perspective of an athlete. She's a two-time Olympian and from the perspective of a coach. She is a National Basketball Coach of the Year. Sherry Wynn shares athlete mindsets and practices that can be translated to inspiring leadership in the workplace. Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real-life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results. And you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. Sherry, I am so glad that you are here today to talk about how athletics teach us to be courageous. And I cannot think of a more qualified person to be able to have this discussion as an athlete, a two-time Olympian yourself, and as a coach, National Basketball Coach of the Year. Uh, So you bring the athlete perspective, the coach perspective. Mm -hmm. What lessons have you learned from athletics that enable you to think and act courageously? Wow. That's a big question. Why do, why do you throw a softball? Right <laughs> and <laughs> we're into the episode. <laughs> well, you know what I, what I love about that is, is, and you know, you know, I've talked about this before is this, is it really makes you get comfortable with the uncomfortable, like the discomfort, because any growth as an athlete comes from pushing the edge. You don't get to settle in and say, well, I learned this period. It's always the next, you know, so, so as an athlete, if you want to get the next level, or if you want to even stay on the top, you can't stop with what, you know, you have to find the very next skill that's going to keep you on the top or the next skill that's going to get you to the top. So it's that really that awareness of, I can't live in a comfort zone. I have to constantly live on the edge so that I can get to the next place. And of course, that's just one thing, but I think that's the biggest thing that many people don't understand about being an athlete. It gets you prepared for the rest of your life and that space of knowing that there is a next that I always have to be going to in order to be, and I'm talking not just about skills, I'm talking about you know things like happiness. What's the next skill I need to know to stay happy? Beautiful. Yeah, I am really nodding along there, Sherry, with everything that you're saying. I am far from an Olympic or elite athlete, uh, but I do love my running and triathlons and endurance events. And yeah, it's something about that athlete's mind. I'm always looking for, like, what's the next challenge? Okay, I've covered that distance. What's the next distance? Oh, could I do that one faster? What if I take on some more challenging terrain? And it's always putting us into a place of learning and Mm -hmm. growth and figuring things out and figuring yourself out. 
okay, I've showed up to the gym without my cycling shoes. I'm supposed to do a cycling workout now. Okay. Do I have time to go back? Do I do something different? I get, now I've got a problem solve. Right. In the moment. Well, I think the biggest thing about that, you know, I talk about being an athlete and, and you know, when we talk about athletics, we're, we're, we think about like winning and, you know, championships and trophies and all that kind of thing. The thing it teaches you is something beyond that because, Life is full of challenges. In, for, in fact, we're going to have uh, 48 life disruptions in a lifetime. You know, this is according to a guy named Bruce Feely who wrote a book called Life in the Transitions, Making Change at Any Age. So disruption is like, you know, you, you break your leg. And so for three months, you can't play or and or work the way you normally would. Or you have like COVID that lasts for four weeks. Or you, know, you have a child that's being bullied at school. So those are life disruptions. You got to think about that 48 in a lifetime. But we can't settle in. Well, beyond that, there's three to five life quakes that we're going to experience. So what's a life quake? A life quake is a life disruption on steroids. So it's the it's the injury or illness that changes your life forever, forever. It's the lifelong dream that blows up in your face. It's that loved one that betrays you in such a way that seems unforgivable. So think about that. Look, so if you learn that you have to you have to figure out how to overcome those challenges that you can't sell in, and athletics helps you learn that. You know, you're constantly challenged by opponents, you know, by your coach, by your teammates, and you have to be able to get through that that challenge. And it teaches you to those life challenges that we're all, all, let me underline all, all going to have. Yeah. It helps you learn to prepare, to get ready and to not just lay down and die when some incredible life quake comes your way. Yeah. Ah, Sherry, those are incredible statistics that you give us. And I want to talk a little bit about how do we practice and kind of build some some resilience, some courageous muscles to be ready for the life disruptions and the life quakes that are coming. Uh, first, let me tell listeners a little bit more about you, Sherry. Okay. Sherry Wynn is a two-time Olympian. National Basketball Coach of the Year, Amazon three-time best-selling author. She is an in-demand, internationally renowned speaker who frequently speaks for up to 14,000 people at a time, including at companies such as StubHub, Anytime Fitness, New York Life, Edward Jones, and Technicolor. Sherry is known as a leader of leaders and a visionary of visionaries who has written five books, including her just released, has been much anticipated book, entitled Winning Leadership. There it is, Seven Secrets to Being a Truly Powerful Leader. We will put the link in the show notes. Sherry, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Now let's get to the stuff. I mean, if people are listening, let's get to things yeah. that really you know, give them an opportunity to change their lives. Let's you're, do that. You're so full of practical and inspiring guidance that, yeah, that was my desire to get right to it. But do you want to say this is the first episode in a new series on the Courage of a Leader podcast called Inspiring Leadership Lessons from Top Athletes. I know I get inspired by those, uh, by athletes and those involved in athletics. And I think there are great lessons that um, translate to our work lives as leaders. Mm -hmm. So we're here to explore that. So the life disruptions, Sherry, the life quakes are coming. Right. How, how do we practice? How do we build resilience or courageous muscles? 
Mm-hmm. I love that you asked that question because I just finished a talk on that. And so uh, it's one of my favorite talks is about resilience, you know, and I call it from tailspin to Olympian. It's it's those stories that tailspin we... Tailspin to Olympian. From tailspin to an Olympian. And so it's resilience from tailspin to Olympian. And so giving people those those skill sets that I learned, I, I was forced to learn from, you know, the, the deep dive that I had in depression and, and suicidal thoughts uh, to you know, a motivational, inspirational person, a speaker, mm-hmm. author. But here's the deal. You know, since, we, since we know challenges are coming, this is the human experience. There's no need to get mad at it. It's just a human experience. We're all going to have a human experience because that's who we are. What is important is, is what we come, you know, the toolkit we have to meet these challenges, these life quakes, these life disruptions. And so the better your toolkit is, the easier it is to get through these. Not to say it won't be, you know, a period of time where you're a little mad, because of course, like that's a human experience, a human emotion. But why stay in it when you've got the toolkit to get through? So one of the things I like to do is talk about the power of gratitude. And this is something that we could all teach ourselves because gratitude leads to hope. And it's when people are hopeless, that's when people become suicidal. That's when people get depressed. Hopelessness leads to those things. Well, how do you keep hope? It starts with gratitude. And gratitude is a learned tool so it starts the day like before i get out of bed i just start with a thank you before i get out of bed thank you you know thank you for this body thank you that i get up to to get another day and you know in this life thank you that i get to a new adventure today you know thank you for yesterday and the things that happened to me yesterday that i learned from thank you so it just starts with this idea of of gratitude and so we can do a rampage of thankfulness where we just as many things as we can like mm-hmm. just as fast as we can roll them off we can do that we can do a gratitude journal so you know oprah i listened to oprah once who said um she wrote down five gratitude statements every night before going to bed mm-hmm. which i think is wonderful because you're reflecting back and looking at it recognizing it and so amy i go well if oprah could do five i can do ten like i was gonna <laughs> i can go on a rampage <laughs> yeah, watch me i'll do 30 a day um but what I discovered was, you know, the rule is you cannot repeat. Ah, okay. So you have to find 10 new. And it really became a huge challenge for me because I had to notice the small things. Yeah. Right. The I had to practice. notice the small the, Yeah, the practice of, you know, something I hadn't seen the day before. To have a gratitude journal before you go to bed at night or first thing in the morning. You know, you, you can practice gratitude when you get to that moment that you're mad or angry what is something to be grateful for right now like switching that into gratitude because you know we're vibrational beings and as vibrational beings that means we're energy like the energy we're the emotions that we have are energetic emotions right uh-huh. so one of the lowest emotions we can have is guilt and shame those are the two of the lowest emotions we can admit one of the higher ones is gratitude nice so yeah. switching into that right and as soon as we switch yeah. into gratitude hope comes and you know when we're drowning in you know the challenge we can't see hope well you want to see hope go to gratitude lovely i I want to underscore some of the things that you just said sherry that don't get mad at it that's Mm. really powerful because it Mm. it can be easy when something tragic unexpected something we really don't want we've been working towards the opposite Mm. comes our way it's really easy to feel like this is unfair why me Right. But you just told us everybody 
has 48 life disruptions and a handful of life quakes come in their way. So it's just, it's just the human experience. It's just right. what's so. And I think remembering that can help us not get into that mindset of why me? Why is this happening? What, right. what, what's going on here? Instead of getting into something that's more forward focused, mm -hmm. I feel that, uh, that practicing the gratitude. And that's really interesting what you said about the energetic levels, Sherry, because mm -hmm. gratitude is something we can practice in a moment. Right. And if we can go from a lower energetic vibration to something that's much higher mm -hmm. in an instant. Yeah. Right. That, that changes the trajectory of our day of the next hour, oh. of the next interaction that sure. we're going to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, so somebody taught me a long time ago uh, the difference between pain and suffering. You know, like I got, I developed chronic pain when I was 35. And it was there. Like, I didn't know how it got there. I didn't know. I didn't go look for it. You know, I, it, you know, it wasn't an accident that happened. It just, yeah. boom. So, so pain is something that's physio you know, that is physiological. Suffering, that's a choice. So the difference is, do you want to suffer through your pain or do you want to find a way of ease through it? Yeah. And that is the difference because if the pain exists, and sometimes it exists for a long time for us, right? I mean, there, there's something that happens to us. Do we want to stay in the anger? Do you want to stay in the depression? Do we want to stay in the sadness, the frustration around it? Or do we want to find some piece of joy around it do we want to find some piece of happiness around it mm -hmm. how do we want to experience the day uh for you know because that's the choice we have is is how we want to experience the day even if we're going living in this challenge yeah. so that, that 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 that's the piece that people go whoa but i have the pain yes yes you do not debating that yeah we're debating how you want to feel about it yeah so Sherry, if we could go to your personal experience there, you have chronic pain right. happening. It's there. Mm -hmm. um, how did you move away from suffering? Well, so let me say this. So I developed chronic pain at age 35. I couldn't sit, stand or walk without pain. Right. And so, you know, as an athlete, like you're taught, like, you know, get through the pain, like, Get, it's okay. No game. No game. Let's go. You break a finger, like you break a nose, you're still playing, right? You, and you you do that. But in chronic pain, there's no there's no end to it. And what happens is the first day, it's it's okay. I can get through it. Second day, I can get through it. Third day, I can get through it. One week goes by, and you're like, hmm. A month goes by, and you're like, whoa. A year goes by, and you're like, uh, right. Th that that kind of consistency in a pain is so much different than the pain's getting better. It, you, you can feel an end to it. Like there's a difference. The first time I got chronic pain at age 35, I got depressed, angry, you know, my anger. Yeah, that's my survival mechanism. Uh, and, I, and I really did not handle that well. But what I found was, like, I was being miserable and the people didn't want to be around me. Who wants to be around a miserable person? No matter if you're in pain or not, like, they, like who wants to hang around that? Uh -huh. So, uh, you know, instead of having friends, I was pushing friends away. Well, in your deepest need of a human being, you need connection. Pushing people away is not a good way to respond to that. Mm -hmm. And so it's, even though it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, I would say it was the best thing that ever happened to me because that's where the journey of um, you know, really diving deeper into emotions and the emotional work and you know, empathy for myself. And I would say love for myself. Right. At that and, and accepting myself 
learning how to self-validate, how to, how to have unconditional love for myself, which then could be given to other people. So, you know, and all these things, like you go, oh, it's terrible, but what a blessing. You couldn't sit in the minute, in the moment, but now the person I became as a result of those things and what I can offer now as a result of those things, what a true blessing that was, right? Yeah, I heard a, a few more tools for the toolkit, Sherry, and what you were just sharing. I mean, first of all, the empathy for ourselves, the acceptance. I think it's really easy. I sometimes call it the double whammy, Sherry. Like there's some negative circumstances going on. And then we take out a big imaginary club and start hitting ourselves with it, right? Like what if I did, I must've done something wrong to get myself here. Or, you know, I'm so frustrated with this. I shouldn't feel frustrated. Like we have negative emotions and then we beat ourselves up for sure those emotions and like if our body's in chronic pain we like, can get we can get mad at our own body right our own selves so how do you practice that empathy that acceptance how do i treat myself in ways so i'm right. able to move forward and then you also talked about connection mm -hmm. right and 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 this is maybe a personal inquiry for everybody how do you create that connection to what's important in your life, to the people in your life, to work or activities that right. fuel you, uh, yeah, connection. Okay. Well, I think, I, I, and you know, as you as you do, Amy, I work with a lot of leaders, and so yeah. you know, people always go like, "Oh, leadership skills," and so yes, I can do all that. Like, let's do, let's talk about how do you de delegate, how do you figure out what your priority question is, let's give you your values, you know, what your values, what your mission statement, your personal mission, all that. Stuff. Okay, great, but really, what makes a difference is how do you really love yourself unconditionally? How do you how do you validate yourself in such a way that you're not needy? going out there in your connections, right? So how do you get your ego, you know, in your backseat? Well, all of that is the work of, you know, what we're talking about right now. All of that's the work of when you love yourself so much, right? That you don't need anybody else to love you. Mm. You don't need it, mm. right? You, you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Well, connecting with people means, A, you're not a taker, you're a giver. And when you start with that, you know, there's a different connection to be had. And so as a leader, if you're needing p things from people, and that shows up in so many different ways, right? I mean, you can become a control person, micromanager, yeah. you know, you are, uh, you know, incredibly demanding in a negative way. Uh, you know, you, you overwhelm people, you demean them. All those are like, you're really looking for that control, which comes back to, I need something from you. I don't have it enough in me. So I'm taking versus giving, right? So that comes back to all of that, but that's internal work. I mean, that's the work that, that I think the highest leader of leaders uh, get to. It's what I've written in my book, you know, Winning Leadership, Seven Secrets to Being a, a Truly Powerful Leader. All of that, uh, Amy, is you have to first, like, you've got to do all this work on yourself so that you show up differently for other people. And so that life experience through your life disruptions and life quakes can still be such a happy experience. Ah, yes. I love how you talk about this, Sherry, because this can sound like a nice aspirational 
concept. Love yourselves, please. Right? I, I do. I want everybody to love themselves just to, sure. you know, just to start their morning with themselves with, with love. You are also pointing to so many reasons why we want to practice that because it impacts our ability to be powerful in mm-hmm. the world, right? Because we're not needy. So then we're not the the con- control leader. We're not the micromanager. We're able to give. We're not creating drama. Be- I think it also creates a foundation by which you can be objectively self-aware. Absolutely. If I love myself, then I'm better able to say, Amy, you're really strong and great here, and you are not so strong and great here. And mm-hmm. here are the things that trigger you. And mm-hmm. you know, here are the situations mm-hmm. where you need to regulate and be aware right. of yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that I'm not operating on some automatic pilot and you are all getting the I don't know, the unintended consequences of, you know, me not being aware of something that's triggered me or frustrated me or made me feel insecure. Absolutely. I mean, that all comes internally, right? That's your, that's the work that we all have to do. I mean, for our, for our families, right? I mean, for your, your, your partner, your relationship there, for every, I mean, for everybody, if you're a leader, you know, we're all leaders because we lead our families, we lead ourselves, but it shows up differently. I mean, it, your power shows up differently. Um, when I say power, I'm not talking about, you know, demand, like, well, I'm going to get you and power is humility. Power is kindness. Power is empathy. You know, power is forgiveness, Mm -hmm. right? That's, and, and those are our, that's where we're truly powerful in that thing. And so you, you had made a point earlier about, you know, when we get mad, you know, when something happens to us, we start saying, why, why this happened to me? Well, and so one of the greatest things we can do for ourselves is a forgive ourselves, but, but be forgive the people around us. Like whatever, whatever person that we thought did something to us, right. Forgive them. But the third thing is, and, and this is where I thought about it. It's when we say, why did this happen to me? Who are you talking to? Well, that's your higher power. Mm-hmm. So we forget that we need to forgive our higher power because that's part of it. Cause if we say the thing, why did this happen to me? Then who are you accusing? Yeah. Who are you blaming? Yeah. And so that's that that power of forgiveness. I mean, truly in all three aspects, like you haven't gotten through something until you've gotten all three of those aspects truly forgiven. And that is part of like being able to be present, being able to be the great leader that you want to be, right? Being able to be a great parent, the great friend, whatever, the great daughter. All of that comes into that. Yeah. Any guidance on how to forgive? I know that there's some areas in my life where it's easier or harder mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. forgive and mm-hmm. and move forward in a productive way. Oh, sure. Right. I mean, we all get stuck in that. This shouldn't have happened. This was terrible. I can't believe that person did it to me. I can't, you know. And I think when you look at it from a different perspective. So if you believe, I believe, like the reason we came here, right, is that to evolve as human beings, like we're, we're, we're meant to, to grow and to learn and evolve and so that we give our best to other people. Well, the reason events happen to us is so that we can learn. That's why they happen to us. So when, if you change one word, just one word from, you know, this person did this to me to this person did this for me, Ooh. everything shifts. Right. So the shift becomes 
you know, like forgiving, for example, my mom. My mom has never said, I'm sorry, not once, right? For any of the things that I perceive that she did wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Let me give you the list. No, but, but here's the difference. If I can think that she really did them for me. So when she did something that gave me the experience, that helped me understand how the experience felt. And if I could then, you know, learn from that and grow from that. She actually did something for me because she propelled me on a pathway to becoming a better human being. Love and so that. if you can look at it from that perspective, it's much easier. Even if you were saying to your higher power, right? What did you do for me? How is this propelling me forward? What is the lesson here that I learned that's going to give more, you know, to in this lifetime to me and to other people? What is it? What is it that you gave? And so now we've shifted that perspective. And once we shift the perspective, man, then we can really step into this opportunity to look at the other person and go, wow, wow. Like without that lesson, I wouldn't be who I am today. Wow. Thank you. That's, that's such a powerful shift, as you say, uh, Sherry. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about the, the bigger picture commitment in all of this. I'm going to be committed to learning and growing and taking away something mm -hmm. from this painful, hurtful, frustrating, disappointing mm -hmm. experience, whatever it was. I have a commitment to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to become defined by this, right? I'm going to decide what to learn. Uh, mm -hmm. The commitment to love yourself, the, the commitment to, I'm going to bring empathy. I'm going to find connection inside of mm -hmm. this experience. And um, yeah, having that commitment and playing, experimenting with different ways to do so. Absolutely, man. I mean, you know, this is where I think a great leader is born, right? With all the work, the internal work. I know you believe this, your book and and what you teach and, and, and those things. And so it's really, you can't go lead if you haven't led yourself first, hmm. right? It, it's that bigger piece. It's really understanding, you know, yourself and then, as you mentioned, looking in the mirror and not being mad that you're, you're incomplete, imperfect, right? Just understanding like, oh man, I'm a human. And so part of the human experience is I'm really good at some of this and other stuff I have to grow in. Yeah. And it's not like, cause you said, you know, like you beat yourself up, like we judge ourselves and then we judge that we judge ourselves. And then we're in a whole horrific, you know, thing yeah. instead of just giving ourselves grace, mm. right? I'll learn from this. I'll grow from this. And sit in that space between, you know, like I call it the recovery gap. So mistake happens, whatever happens. And then our recovery gaps were over here. Well, people go, I need to beat myself up so I can get better. And I say, why? What are you doing when you're beating yourself up? Who, who are you showing up as? Like, who are you showing up as for other people when they come in your office? Are you present? Are you ready to help? Are you having empathy? Are you still beating yourself up? How does that show up? But if here's the mistake or here's an event and the recovery gaps like this. And so we make it a really, really small recovery gap. We don't need to beat up. We can just get to the next phase by giving ourselves grace and knowing that because we did that so quickly, we're, we're in a better space for ourselves and other people. Yeah. Why do we need to go through, through hours or days, days, some people of beating ourselves up? Yeah. Well, yeah. I like this concept of the recovery gap uh, mm -hmm. because then we can also begin to assess our progress. Right. The first time I showed up to the gym without the equipment that I needed, right, I was 
so frustrated. I like, I'm an, I'm an efficiency person, Sherry. I like to be efficient. <laughs> I do. And I feel like I'm detailed and I feel like I could, I should be able to show up to the gym with everything that I need. The first time that happened, right. I was like annoyed for hours. Right. And then that get that recovery gap got shorter <laughs> over time. Oh, okay. Well, I've been here before. Let me just figure out the best thing that I can do given the equipment and the time that I have. Right. So we, so I love that everything you're talking about, it's like dealing with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And but that's what the athlete does, doesn't it? Our biggest, our yeah. biggest approach is always ourselves. It's not the opponent across the court. It's always ourselves. You know, if we don't have to battle, if we're, if we're not battling ourselves and we're free to, 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 you know, go out against our opponent and just focus on that. But if we're having to battle ourselves and the opponent, whew, that's a lot. Yeah. Well said. So Sherry, for the listeners out there who are not athletes, have no interest in being an athlete, weren't one, aren't one, don't want to become one, mm -hmm. right? how can they learn these lessons that we're talking about? Well, you know, I, you don't have to be an athlete to learn a lesson. If you were in choir, if you were in band, yeah. if you, you know, even if you didn't do any of those things, just the observation of self, just, you know, how do I show up? Like an athlete's always evaluating where I am today, where am I going to be tomorrow? Same thing with you as an individual. Who am I today? The self-awareness, this evaluation, and not a judgment. Like, let me just say that. We don't want to judge. It's more of a curiosity. Like, can we replace judgment with curiosity? And if we can do that, like, like an athlete would do watching a game film, I'm curious, how come I didn't, how can I get faster? How can I get better? Same thing, right? Be curious about how can I improve who I am today? How can I show up better tomorrow? So I think being an athlete helps some people, but being an athlete hurts some people, right? Mm -hmm. I hate to say well, that, but yeah. it's true. Yeah. I mean, well, and we all have the experiences and the the circumstance. I mean, we, we talked about life is bringing us 48 disruptions, right? And every, all of us have had our journey where we've been put into, we've mm -hmm. been put out, out outside of our comfort zone, yeah. right? And how do we do what are your strengths in those moments? Yeah, I love you're 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 really good at the the powerful word shifts, Sherry, that create a whole new filter and a mm -hmm. whole new perspective. Instead of judgment, it's curiosity. Yeah. yeah. Well, those are the shifts that, you know, it's the when people come to me and they want me to coach them and they're you know, they want to become better, perform better, whatever. We have to get a new of life philosophy. We have to have new life thoughts. We have to have a habit of thought that's going to move on forward. So that habit of thought, if you don't get the right habit of thought, guess what? You're going to be in pain a lot mm. and you're going to suffer a lot. Yeah. But without that, you know, cause every day I choose to get up in the morning and look, I can't run like you do. I, I wish, Oh man, <sighs> if I could run again, if I could do the things that you do like that, I can get really mad about that. But I choose to say, what can I do today that's going to bring me joy? You know, what can I do today? If it's 30 minutes of, you know, a yoga workout, I'm thrilled that I can do 30 minutes of a yoga workout. You know, what can I do today that I can't do the things I used to do, but I want to have, be happy. I want to bring joy into my life. I don't want to suffer. So that's, that's, li that's the life habits of thinking that have evolved, you know, from my, all my life, uh, life quakes. 
I didn't, I just jumped from, you know, so I think I separate, I think I put more life quakes in my life than life disruptions. So like, let's just throw all these life quakes in at once and let's get them done with when I was really early. Early in my life, he's like, oh, great. Check through those 48 as, as quickly as possible. Get them done. <laughs> Get them done. Right. But that's because, you know, I choose, I choose to be happier. I choose joy. I choose to love myself. That makes a difference. And I think that people don't understand that it's a choice and you have to work at it because we don't have those little, like you said, those little nuances of the way to look at things. You stay stuck. Yes. Sherry, you have shared with us so many great things today. I'm going to recap for listeners here. Become more comfortable with the uncomfortable. Be looking for your next challenge, your next place to make yourself uncomfortable and learn and grow and create new results. Don't get mad at it, right? The challenge, the circumstances, it's here. Mm -hmm. right? And how do you want to be given that that's so? Choose some tools in your toolkit. It could be gratitude. I love that one because the way you talked about it and how it can bring us to a higher energy vibration in a moment. Empathy, acceptance, connection, forgiveness, mm -hmm. loving yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, I love this concept of the recovery gap. Mm -hmm. Right? How, how long is that recovery gap? And if it's long, what is the impact of that to you and to those around you and to the work that you're doing? What are you committed to in the big picture that would have you say, you know, it's going to be a really short recovery gap. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that it's all choice. We can choose yes. how to see, how to respond to the circumstances that are in front of us. So I appreciate the questions and your attentiveness in, you know, to listening. So thank you so much for that, Amy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing from your experience uh, and your expertise, Sherry. So much great stuff. Thank you for being on the Courage of a Leader podcast. Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the courage of a leader.